0: Welcome to Baseball America's College Podcast. Baseball America, bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk college baseball. Thank you for tuning in to today's Baseball America Podcast and for those viewing on Facebook Live. Our podcast and Facebook Live broadcasts are sponsored by Baseballism. Baseballism is the official off the field brand of baseball, offering apparel for men, women, and kids. Looking for that perfect Father's Day gift or maybe something special for that recent graduate? Visit Baseballism.com and enter the code BA2017 to receive free shipping on your next order. If they can make us look decent and presentable, um, then, then it's doing something. New
1: uh, new Baseballism shirt that came out that I just retweeted on JJCoop36 on my Twitter feed today uh, with the catcher with the uh, glow-in-the-dark uh, uh, fingernails, you know, putting that I'll aside. Have look, I'll have to check that, that one nice out. Nice-looking shirt. It's almost to...
0: like cross-promotion between the different brands, both mm-hmm. of which are advertisers yeah. here, which we appreciate. We like having jobs that allow us to talk about baseball, talk about it with you, comment about it with you, tweet about it with you. And while we're in the midst of the draft, JJ, we can't ignore what happens. You know, the whole point of the oh, draft yeah. is to find big leaguers.
1: And it this is hurts. it
0: is painful, uh, literally for Mike Trout and figuratively for the rest of us, to see baseball's best player on the shelf. I mean, and, and we've talked about this already, how Trout has taken this leap from best player in the game to otherworldly player this year. I mean, it's a 1,200 ops last time I looked. JJ, the, the Angels were already mediocre without Mike Trout being with, out of the lineup. I mean, I can't think of a more devastating injury with a team that like had two other guys around 100 OPS in Maben and Anderson Simmons that has J.C. Ramirez, the ghost of Cliff Lee trades past, as their ace right now with half their rotation injured anyway. Philippe Maltz
1: looking around going, what about me? Yeah, exactly.
0: And Tyson Gillies is doing the same thing. What do they do? What do the Angels do? It was already
1: tenuous. I hope they had a good off season, but what do they do now? I, I think that they actually, and it's not a great, I mean, this is not an opportunity. You want the best player in the game on the field, obviously. If there is any silver lining to this, they weren't going to be very good. They weren't very good with Mike Trout. Correct. They have the best player in the game, and they weren't very good. But if you have Mike Trout, if you have Albert Poolhole signed for to a 7000 year contract, um, <laughs> That's you, a dog ears. You 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 probably feel like every year you have to go for it. And the one thing that this has done is you have an excuse now. If you have to rebuild for this year, I mean a modest like let we're looking at 2018, not 2017 now, you have the excuse of all excuses. That excuse is hey, by the way, we have the best player in the game and he's hurt, yet we're not very good without him. Right. That's expected. And so with that, I I do think that you say, okay, well, they're now sellers at the deadline. But the problem with that is is that I don't know who's buying.
0: For you to be a seller, you must have something to sell. They have major league players, but uh, but they're not at their – Anywhere close to what their peak value is for a lot of these guys,
1: and the problem is, is that most of these players they have who you would consider trading because you have to have some kind of core to surround Trout with when Trout comes back and when neck for next year, right? And you look at it and you say, okay, pitching wise, they have no depth. So they've created depth, I will
0: say, by some very astute. nice, astute uh, pro scouting. I mean, Ricky Nolasco has been league average. That's better than he was before, right? and that was a good— The Twins
1: were like, please just take him. So
0: far, that trade's been pretty good for, for the Angels. J.C. Ramirez, scrap heap of scrap heaps. I don't know how long you can expect him to pitch well, but he's pitched well to this point for them. Matt is kind of like my hero for being an NDFA. He was four years in AAA and has become a good big league pitcher and then gets you know hit in the jaw and the head with that comeback or to come back from that. That guy's like the grittiest of the gritty and the grinderiest of the grinders among pitchers. Um, so you have a lot of guys to root for there, but all the injuries that have devastated them, I feel like they've done front office-wise what they can do. But the you know, it's you can't just, account for Danny Espinoza run. having a disastrous year offensively, or for uh you know, Cole Calhoun. Backing Paul up when he
1: Danny Espinosa was bad last year, too. Oh, their but he hope, still hit a lot of home runs. Their hope was that he was going to get it back, instead he went the other way. I
0: think it was two years ago that Danny Espinoza was really bad. Last year, Danny Espinoza was, was decent. I mean, he, was, he hit a lot of home runs.
1: Right, but didn't... With low 24 ad- home runs. With low, average. low average, but 24 home well, runs. What was the average? It was
0: 209, but that's, 202 202 202. that's yeah. who he is, JJ. It's 222 career. That's who he is.
1: I know, but... So, I, I do think, though, the, the real problem you have here is is that this is still a horrendous farm system. It's not Marlins bad now, but it's still bad. It's and, bad. And again, you, the reality is, is everyone's just getting a year older. It's, it's a, the, the, I'll so go on mind, a bad this, analogy. This speeds,
0: this, In your mind, this injury should speed them on their rebuild. It should spur them
1: to rebuild but around the, Mike Trout. But the problem with that is, is that you're not trying to rebuild. That is a reload. You're, you you can not say we're going to throw away 18 as well. Right. You're just trying to get to 18, like, okay, we're going to be better. But that's
0: what I thought you were saying.
1: But I think that they're, like, they're the airplane that's flown into the box canyon, and I don't know how you get out of it, to use that aviation (laughs) analogy that I would only know. (laughs) But the point is, is, like, they can't climb out now because the reality of it is, is that they're not going to be better in 18, probably, unless they spend a lot of money. Because who are the young guys that you are counting on to provide a boost in addition to what you have of trouble.
0: Once again, you're just hating on Nolan Fontana, man. You've always been hating on uh, Nolan Fontana. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I no, they are stuck. They're stuck. I don't. I don't think there's anything they can do. To me, you just ride it out. You ride out this injury because, like you just said, oh, there is no know. way they're going to be able to rebuild. There's no path to a rebuild for them. Uh, they ride this out. I think they try to evaluate the rest of their roster and see who can help them for 2018. They're probably not going to make the playoffs this year. They're five games out in the loss column in the wild before card. This. That was in the wild card, not to mention in the division. The Astros are running away and hiding. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's before this, and this guy is, a, but this is the best player in the game. He's, you're not going to be better without him. It's just not going to happen. But
1: I do have good news for them. Okay. They have a first-round pick this year. They picked 10th overall. That, this is one of the problems that the Angels have had in this long-running, we're trying to win oh, by the way, having the best player in the game by himself is not enough to win problem they've had, is that to try to win, they have given away first-round picks for free agents and all that. Very often. They have the 10th pick in the draft, and that should be, I will right now say, if that player signs, whoever he is, (laughs) he'll be the number one prospect in the Angels organization. That's
0: That's extremely likely. You know, J.J., at the first mock draft I did, I had them taking Keston Hura.
1: um, Who would immediately become.
0: And and for me, (laughs) I still think he fits for them. They need a middle of a diamond or outfield. They need an athlete who can hit. He's an athlete who can hit. I don't know that he's the best player to take at 10. I mean, if, if he winds up in left field, he winds up in left field. If he can play second base... He could play second base even better. I don't think they're going to take Keston Hira. It still wouldn't shock me. I remember in March when I wrote that, I got a little negative pushback on it. I still think he would actually fit there. When you're in their position, would you rather take a position player with as bereft as their system is, or do you think they need to take a pitcher who can move quickly? I mean, they need both of them. They need both. I we're would talking say, about their situation. I mean, and so We have again, some, tweet, some tw- uh, comments. Uh, Keith Stevens is like, harsh Angels haters. And James Turley says, ah, the Angels have a decent staff when healthy, but it's a lot of guys who are never healthy. That is the the problem problem
1: is is that you can't go into the year. Okay, we have two teams in L.A., and I I admit that the Dodgers are the insane outlier on the other end, which is we will overstock because we have the resources to do it. But the Dodgers went into this year with trying to figure out how they are going to get enough starts for their 6 to 8 to 9 starters. Right. The Angels came into this year, and it was like, if every single one of our top five starters is healthy... We've got seven guys. We've got seven guys. (laughs) That's it. And you're going to need more than that. And that's the problem, is is that it's easy to say, oh, it's just the injuries. You have to count on having some injuries. And the problem that the Angels have, even with some really astute pro scouting, some really nice pickups, the problem you have is, is that the Angels are a team that is very, very brittle. It's they're, something they're where one injury happens. And I know, Mike Trout is not an injury you can prepare for. Right. But one injury here, one injury there, and all of a sudden you're counting on Nolan Fontana.
0: So which would you go, pitcher or hitter?
1: Probably pitcher for them just because – but I'd be fine either way. The reality is is that I want to see what that board sets up at at 10, but I'm going – I am not going high upside high school guy. I am going, okay, is, is Fado going to be there? Right. Is, Alex Fado,
0: Florida, that makes a lot of sense to me. Or one of these top college arms that are should be or, available you know, and should move quickly. Again,
1: or is Hazley Adam Hazley, Paven Smith probably gone by that point? I, but, think,
0: I think it's likely definite that one's gone, possible, if not probable, that both are gone.
1: But if one of those two is there, I'm all over it.
0: Okay. Adam you know, Hazley was there. The
1: problem with Paven Smith being yeah. oh, that's
0: why I wouldn't take Paven Smith. I just took Paven Smith 1.0 last year and Matt Theis, who's like less defensive and similar offensively. I mean, right. very similar skill sets.
1: I follow. Um, I,
0: I did not like that pick at the time last year unless they were going to catch him, in which they immediately decided not to. And I don't think he's a catcher. And now he's definitively not a catcher. We, we were, yeah. But I don't understand why. Uh, they have so many needs to be the thing that, the Angels, if I were, <laughs> you know, Matt Swanson doesn't need my help. But if he wanted my help, if he asked for it, I would say find as many athletes as you possibly can because they've had a poor Latin American program for years. That's the and one, that, that is that is what's the, killing them. That's the, Number one that kills them is it's, it's, it's a short-term attitude. Mm-hmm. That means free agency, so you lose draft picks. It often has meant, well, we have a bad system, so we need to fill some gaps with college players. you got to take the best player. When you say, well, we don't have enough – Power arms. Let's draft every power arm. Sometimes you take a power arm college reliever in the fifth round, who's in the second round, who's really a fifth round talent because you need that power arm. That's happened to several organizations out there. The Angels were in that same boat. When you're constantly trying to fill these holes, you wind up going college. No matter how short term their needs are, in my mind, JJ, they need to go best player available, even if that is the high school guy. Not necessarily the first pick, but they need they need best player available. A and B. They really need to focus on athletes in this draft because their Latin American program has been virtually non existent due to constant turnover there. And this is the result. So, really, all these issues, if we're talking, if we're being Angels haters, it starts at the top. It starts with Arty Moreno with ownership. It's been a short term focus. It's been a short term focus. And this is the result. They're like, um, you know, they remind me kind of of like the late 90s Cardinals, but they don't have the success at the big league level like the Cardinals had at that time, but where their farm system was basically they'd have one prospect and they'd trade as much as they could to prop up the big do, league team. Do, do and they, look, they, they, they need to find someone else to give them away Jim Edmonds, like the Cardinals found when they got Ken Bottenfield for Jim Edmonds do, 18 years ago. Look
1: back if you go look back, if you have the first Baseball America prospect handbook, 2001, and you look at that Cardinals top 30. Jim journal right? What is notable about it is this it's a great farm system, you could argue, because it has Albert Pujols. At which, number two. At number two. Bud Smith. But there is virtually nothing else in the, on that top 30.
0: That's when they just traded Danny Heron, correct?
1: There is no one else who you'd say had a significant big league career of any sort. But I'll say this. They had Albert Pujols, which made up for a lot of problems. That's
0: good enough. Yeah, that's good enough. we got a few questions. Uh, let's, let's take some of those here on the Facebook machine. Um Christi- uh, Cleo Stamatos asks, everyone says the Baltimore Orioles have a bad farm system. Can this year's draft help them? What would you do first if you were in charge pitching or hitting, JJ?
1: Again, I want to, I kind of what you said, I mean, it's a cop-out, but I want to see what the board gives me, you know, and I do think <laughs> you want to talk about a team that uh, that's pro scouting makes up for. Yes. I, extremely I, astute pro scouting. Extremely astute pro scouting and the I don't know another team that punts international like the Orioles do in any way, shape, or form. The Angels and the, and the,
0: and the Orioles have but the less Orioles success, but the Orioles co- are cognizant of their Latin American shortcomings. They clearly have ownership there. Um, shout out to Greek Americans, but that doesn't value Latin America, so they just trade them. They just trade the international slots and get something for it, which I guess more power to them. But it's I it's I a stunning way to I operate. I cannot
1: imagine saying, you know what? We're just not going to spend any money on the international amateur market. And when I say any money, they spend no money on the international amateur market. But The highest signing bonus they've ever given out to an international Latin American amateur is
0: $350,000. That's like that's like uh, what AJ Preller has walking around in his pockets when he goes down to the Dominican for for the Padres. It's ridiculous. Three hundred fifty thousand dollars. The Padres,
1: the Padres spent more money this year internationally in in Latin America than the Orioles have probably in the entire Ever. history of the organization. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Oh, the entire absolutely. No, history of the organization. Oh, show. If you count the boat, the bonus pen, the penalty you pay for spending that because what the Padres ended up around 80 mil yeah there is no way that there's the no Royals way the has Orioles spent have spent 80 that. million in signing bonuses over the now what 55 year, 60 yet, year career and, history and you
0: also just love the fact that the Orioles they nailed Manny Machado the third pick in the draft and they took him a while but they nailed Dylan Bundy in the 2011 draft he's had a really nice year this year I know the strikeout rate is is low but Dylan Bundy's learn to pitch and be an effective front-of-the-rotation big league starter. And if Kevin Gossman ever would have made that leap, I think the Orioles would be even better. He hasn't made the leap. He's actually kind of gone backwards no, but, this year. But, but I do
1: think, like if you said... For me,
0: they are our best player or you, available you got your organization. You've got your
1: mock there. So what did uh, in mock 3.5, who did you have? The You know, uh,
0: I think I've given them Logan Wormuth before, but I don't think he's going to make it there. I've got them with Griffin Canning at 21. I honestly don't think he's going to make it there either. Uh, the feedback I've got on 3.5 is... And I will admit, I this was a, a faster mock. Uh, I think I I, think I got this one wronger than I got 3.0. So 4.0 is going to be You're tighter.
1: You're attempt to get inside the OODA um, loop is yeah. You know, we uh, need to...
0: That's it. I've gotten a, I got a little sideways on this one. I'm I'm not as happy with mock 3.5 as I was with 3.0. And I'm going to do it better for 4.0. So uh, so thanks to my shout out to my sister for. For a good Orioles question.
1: I want to go Mike Dugan's question here. Go, to, go for it. So he asked, why doesn't baseball allow teams to trade draft picks like other sports are allowed to do? And I wanted to bring up this because I know that you have strong feelings about this. I do. I've softened them a bit. I mean, like
0: if all the teams want to trade them, fine. But the NFL and the NBA, for the longest time, although the NBA does have a minor league now, basically, with the D League, I think it's called the G League now. Gatorade sponsors it. Um, They never had tradable assets among minor leaguers. Baseball does. And that's why baseball has never needed to trade draft picks. Um, I don't think that you, I still don't think baseball needs to trade draft picks. Teams have hundreds of players under their control in the minor leagues. How do they not have enough assets? Do they really need more assets to trade? I don't think it adds intrigue to the draft, I think it confuses the draft. I think it's a way that players would get manipulated up and down draft boards by agents to uh, go from small market teams to larger market teams. So I think it's a Pandora's box, and I think baseball has enough assets. And that's the reason that it hasn't traded picks and the other leagues have. The other leagues trade draft picks, JJ, because they don't have nearly as many players to trade as baseball, period. That's why they trade draft picks.
1: And I'm going to point out that actually the baseball does have the trading of draft picks. It's just a yeah, very, con- small, very small amount, small amount. But you have and seen- instantly,
0: as soon as we had that, you saw the dumb teams get get uh, exploited by the smart teams. There's no other way to say it. All the teams that traded their draft picks, the uh, uh, other clubs felt like ah, I wish we'd exploited that. Those the clubs that made the trades felt like they exploited the teams that traded them draft picks. Bottom
1: line. Because really what you're talking about as much in where those picks are are being traded, you're trading both for the pick, which is valuable. And the pool money. But the pool money is the thing that really what it allows you to do is it it essentially creates creativity for you because it gives you the opportunity to manipulate the draft a little bit more. And and that's one thing that you, you also do see is when you say what is the wild cards of the draft now, it's always been the case, but I would say that. Now it is, like, when you look at the draft right now, you look at this year's draft, and we're less than two weeks out now, hard to believe, but or maybe easy to believe in some ways. Yeah, it's easy, yeah. very easy yeah. to believe.
0: I've aged, like, 10 years this draft <laughs> cycle, so yes.
1: But uh, but when you look at it, really what it comes down to is, is okay, you say, what are the teams at the top going to do? But it's also, what are those teams, 20 to 45, 50 right. is where the most, I would say, if there's going to be something that's surprising that happens in this draft, or a little bit unusual. That's where it's going to happen because you have teams that have multiple picks. You have teams that, okay, are they going to be able to float a guy down? Right. But the other part of that is is going to be, we see now what happens sometimes is is guys try to get floated down, and all it takes is one team to say, nope, yep. I we're I, taking that guy.
0: I mean, you know, it's a cartel. Major League Baseball make the, can make their own rules. It's uh, difficult for the players at the amateur level, to exploit those rules. Uh, it's more and more difficult every year. Major League Baseball keeps figuring out ways in the draft to keep signing bonuses from exploding too much, which they were very unsuccessful about in, in the first 40 to 45 years of the draft history, 47, 50 years. But, but it, it was successful this, system, this system has worked for the most part. It's it was
1: successful the, until about 1990. And then you got to the point, which really was laughable under the old system before this, which was, 96 if you don't really remember, if you do not remember, what would happen is, is that Older before, people use Facebook. Before you, could, before you could sign a player for above slot, your owner would have to go to the commissioner's office and say, we're going to spend X on this player.
0: And then commissioners would call and say, don't do that. Don't sign Troy Patton for all that money.
1: And then most teams would go, thank you for your advice. <laughs> right. We're signing the player. And then every now and then a team like the Astros would say, Okay, we will not sign Drew
0: Stubbs. We will let Drew Stubbs go to college. Thank you very much, Mr. Commissioner. Bye-bye. And then that would be it. And so
1: it was a very poor drag on salaries. It just was basically, it really was just a penalty almost for, if you had an owner who wanted to be in really good with Bud Selig, it was a penalty for your team.
0: Most owners wanted to be in good with the commissioner, right? I don't but, blame them. But
1: they would also most would say most owners would say it's okay. He'll still, you know, return our calls. Yes. The Mets, the White Sox, and a few others were like, no, no, no. We're gonna,
0: we're gonna. If you with- might need a line of credit, like the Mets, then you want to be on the commissioner's good side for so, sure. Um, but that's so, so. So yeah. So to me, I, I I wouldn't be opposed to them being traded if the general managers and the club presidents and all these guys. Decided they wanted more, fine. But I, I, to me, that would be a way where a club like this year, say the, the Cubs at twenty-seven and thirty, could trade a major league player or a forty. They wanted to get some more forty-man flexibility, trade a big league player for someone else's extra picks, have three bonus pulls there, and get a player to fall down to them at twenty-seven. And I just don't think that's what you want in the draft. Well, for the, me, the,
1: the example we just give is is that if you did have draft picks more, more able to be traded. If you're the Angels right now, would it be, okay, let's trade off some of our spare pieces for draft picks, yeah. which means that we can really bulk up our farm system more quickly. Right. There would be some value to that because the reality is is that the players they have aren't good enough to really get you difference maker type players. Probably
0: true. At the same time, your Angels season ticket holder who paid a lot of money Mm. for those season tickets would probably be like, hmm, we traded these guys for a buck and a hope. I would not love that. So it is that balance. The analytics would tell you, yeah, cash out of the season, trade for draft picks, go down the line. But it would, but it would you uh, would have several years
1: where your team would be worse than they are now. That's to me. That's a good answer for why. When you say why does it not happen, the other thing is this: baseball does not want. Baseball is trying to reduce the incentive for tanking.
0: Right, and, the, and look at the NBA. In the NBA, as soon as you were allowed to trade draft picks. Ted Stepien, who was the uh, owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, he traded their first-round pick like four years in a row. Um, this is in the old Terry Pluto book, so if I forget my details, forgive me. But So it became the Stepien rule in the NBA. You can't trade first-round pick in consecutive years. So now you have things like, oh, wait, the Celtics got the first overall pick in the lottery this year because they got the Nets pick from three years ago when they traded the Paul Pierce-Kevin uh, Garnett trade with the Nets. So you have the worst team in the NBA, the Nets, that because they had an extremely short-term view, they traded first-round picks to, to win now. It's a it's a two-round draft. So they traded the only assets they had, and they traded them far into the future. So they're going to be bad, and they're going to still be bad. And I think we see how that but hurts that league. So Major League Baseball but- is all in on using the draft, a competitive balance, and to keep bonuses down, See,
1: but, but, again, and, but the point I want to make about this, though, is, is also Major League Baseball does not want there to be more incentive to for take. a team to end up at 55 wins. They want the they want the worst teams to end up. They want they don't want a lot of teams ending up, like you said with the NBA. Right. And the new draft rules that they put in place for this year, where they flattened the difference between one, two, three, four, five, as far as how much you get for that pick, that's helped do that. Trading draft picks would go the other way because yeah. if you're out of it, absolutely. But that said,
0: I prefer the old system. Give everyone their picks. I like that you can't game and get extra picks now by gaming these signing free agents and that kind of stuff. Trading for impending free agents. I would love to dis, uh, you know, unencumber uh, free agency and the draft. But for me, the, my favorite draft rules are everyone gets 40 picks, 40 rounds of picks uh and everyone can spend whatever they want to spend you want to spend a lot on the draft spend a lot on the draft i'm i prefer the uncapped draft and international era that's where i mean i understand a draft it does bring a little order to it um but you draft how you want to draft and spend how you want to spend and everyone else, and you spend how you want internationally I'm, I'm not a fan of the current cap draft era but i also don't think i, I think trading draft picks is
1: Unnecessary. So that's kind of how I found. One more on. question before we uh, wrap this up. We have one on Twitter as well. Okay, so uh, Sean Clark. Uh, should Oakland take more high-ceiling prospects or should they just stick with high-floor guys? I'm of the opinion they should go out on a limb and take uh, Austin Becker, Jaron Kendall due to their high upside.
0: You know, to me, part of this comes down to how are you set up as an organization? You know, the, the Colorado Rockies don't have a complex league team. Therefore, to me... The Rockies have a smaller pool of players that they can, in my mind, draft and develop well. It's very hard for the Rockies to draft and develop a raw high school player because you're sending that raw high school player straight to the Pioneer League, and the track record of that is not good. Because you are going to be
1: over That's very your difficult. head. You're going to be in over your head. Right. They might be unavoidal. the only team
0: like that. but, but so if you, and, and then certain organizations are better at drafting certain kind of players than others. The A's don't seem like they've had great success drafting and developing high school players. A, they've drafted a lot of college players. B, it, f- it seems like they're better at developing those kind of players, for lack of a better term. I'm, I'm just thinking of their big league roster over the last few years. Who are the high school guys? They drafted Addison Russell and developed them very Russell well, the- and then they traded him. So... That's their best draft pick they've made in the last ten years, so I would try to. I don't think they can, they can't do it, but they seem more comfortable drafting the latter. Um, his suggestions, like Jaron Kendall, I think Jaron Kendall would be too high at six. I feel like oh, that's I forcing think, him yeah, up the board
1: that, I at six. Um, Beck Beck is Austin more, Beck feels the same way. To be honest, that that's still to me you are taking on a risk profile probably more than you need to take on at number at pick six.
0: I would agree. So, for me, there's still upside you can get there. I mean, J.B. Bukowskis is is upside. I mean, he's not just high floor. He's upside. If he pops as a starter, he's shorter Scherzer. Uh, I just wanted to say it that way. But that's what he could be, his shorter Max Scherzer.
1: I mean, I'm so all in on
0: J.B., it's not funny. They've had
1: success on uh, shorter shorter right-handers.
0: They have. Real quick, uh, Matt Hickman, Jordan Alvarez is mashing an A-ball. You got anything on Jordan Alvarez real quick?
1: He was top 30 guy for the Astros uh, coming into the year. Uh, You know, young Cuban who has some really good feel to hit. I I think there's... Not a surprise in that he's matching the A-ball.
0: Jeff Allen, Twins draft 135 and 37. He has uh, Jeff's plan is Kyle Wright, Nate Pearson, Brent Rooker there. Not sure Nate Pearson's going to get there. Uh, Brent Rooker will be there, but that would be a good... Like, if you think there's someone you're going to get at 37 for an overpay take Rooker at 35, get a haircut. I kind of like Rooker. That would have to be a redraft. They took Brett Rooker last year. Yes, um, turn in his paperwork. Turn in his paperwork. But Nate Pearson's is going to go higher than 35. Nate Pearson had a workout the other day where the fastball velocities all started with 1-0, you know, almost every pitch, and some of the sliders were 87-88. So that's a guy who uh, the arrow is – I don't have an arrow. I have a thumb. The thumb is pointed up uh, on, on Nate Pearson. And speaking of that uh, general geographic area – Craig Ferrar on Twitter: uh, What round do you think J.J. Schwartz will go? J.J. Um, he, he shares your name, but I don't believe you. I believe you share my affinity for J.J.
1: Schwartz not going high in the draft. He is. He's a guy who I, I do feel like that a lot of casual draft fans are going to be shocked with how low he goes because he broke out with the freshman year a couple of years ago, not entirely, but largely on the basis of a monster game. He had a four-home run game that kind of really put him into the, the national awareness. And you kind of say, wow, this freshman catcher who's hitting for power, man, what is he going to be in two years? And He hit
0: 19 home runs as a freshman, catching one-third of their games. Basically. And the reality
1: is, is that if J.J. Schwartz had been eligible to go in the draft at the end of that year, He'd have done better than he will now because... He was number
0: 70-something. Where was he in the BA 500? The BA 500 in 2014,
1: he was jacked the heck up that list. He was very high. But what we've seen since then is the concerns about is he going to be able to catch have become louder and louder, fair to say. Yes.
0: Well, because he doesn't catch anymore. Right. (laughs) So that's why the concerns are there.
1: He almost literally never does that. Right. I would say, like, you would still, if you're a scout, you have to say, okay, can he do it? Because, yes, the catchers they have are better than him. I think the answer is no. I think the answer is no. And then the other part of it is, is, okay, there is some power there, but... He was 73 on that list. He's never shown the adjustments as a hitter. You really have to have concerns about whether he's going to get to that power. He has started to adjust
0: better in the second half of this year than he did for the last year and a half. So I'm actually more hopeful about J.J. Schwartz now than I ever was the last year and a half. It's it's really weird. He wound up hitting 301 with five home runs in SEC play. He controlled the strike zone a little bit better. He still flails. If you think Mike Zanino's feel for hit is a question. (laughs) Wait till you see J.J. Schwartz. Because he swings and misses the down and away breaking ball like Zanino had the same problems in college. So to me, he's like Zanino probably more raw power, a little less field to hit, and less defensive oh, yeah, by the value. Way, can't catch. Right, and, and less defensive value. But I want to give J.J. – I've been hard on J.J. Schwartz for a year and a half. I want to give the guy credit. A, he's gotten better this year. Mm-hmm. B, he's part of the reason that Florida is trending in the right direction as they enter the postseason. A lot of times it seems like Florida has peaked in April or May. They might be peaking in June this year in the in college baseball so this could be the year for Florida. And if they win a national championship, J.J. Schwartz will be a big part of it. And that's a tremendous goal. He's got to reach – he's got to catch up to sister. Pretty sure his older sister won a national championship with uh, the softball team. So
1: well, let me ask I'm,
0: I'm in on him as a really good college player. I do not believe that his athleticism uh, will make him a big leader. But Mike, I, I, Mike
1: Rivera or J.J. Schwartz, who goes first?
0: Mike Rivera, for sure. So I was gonna for say, sure. So
1: basically – He will be, if you count him as a catcher, he'll be the second Florida catcher off the board.
0: Right. So I do think that no fault of his own, he's a little overheated uh, because of that freshman year. Um, But I want to give the guy credit for coming back the way he has. So great questions as usual. These Facebook Lives are a lot of fun. Uh, We really have enjoyed doing them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, again,
1: we do want to remind you again with that, though, also, if you are a draft fan, baseballamerica.com slash draft. Uh, hyphen. hyphen preview top 200 is up we our goal is to have the 500 up by the end of the
0: and i'm in the 500 right now just so you know and there are 524 names in it and there are more than 350 reports because hudson balinski jj cooper kyle glazer carlos Colazzo, uh the group has just been grinding like crazy working so hard so we the goal of getting the 500 list up by friday that's going to happen I believe all the reports will be in on June 5th. But I believe the report will be up on Friday, uh, this Friday, so, this week. So if you love the draft and if you're watching a Facebook – if you're watching me and J.J. Cooper talk about it, <laughs> you love the draft. So, A, we thank you for that. But, B, you'll be rewarded because uh, we're going to give you a full week to digest. 500 reports. Oh, and, and then because and we're of this going, guy, stateless. We're, we're not stopping. Statelists. State our goal is, is – stateless. I'm, I'm,
1: I'm, I have the goal that we'll have 1,000 guys. We'll have 1,000 guys is the goal. We'll yes. double to 500. Um, but we do want to remind you of that. And again, if you want to, if you want that, go to baseballamerica.com slash store. You can subscribe. You can get all that great content. And we do want to also thank you to our followers for tuning in today. Today's podcast and Facebook Live was sponsored by Baseballism. Visit baseballism.com to get the best apparel in baseball. And enter the code BA2017. That's BA2017 to receive your free shipping on your next order. So for John Manuel. I'm J.J. Cooper. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll be back. We'll have hopefully maybe one more podcast this week, but we'll definitely be back for our Facebook Live next Tuesday. So long, everybody. This concludes our program. Want more in-depth baseball coverage? Be a better fan. Visit BaseballAmerica.com to get more comprehensive baseball coverage. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.